This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table. I'm your host, Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life in all things uh, Duffy family, Rachel Campos Duffy. Hey Sean, it's so great to be back at the kitchen table. I have to tell you, I love that we're doing two shows a week because I feel like we had so much to say and it wasn't enough on one show. And something else has happened in the last few weeks since we went to two shows a week, and that is that our daughter started to help us with our social media (laughs) and we needed help and it needed help because we're kind of old and she's kind of young and way more hip than we are. And she suggested that we uh, do this thing that was trending on TikTok. Now we're going to talk about the fact that we joined on TikTok. There's some issues I have with that, Um, but that's another show. Let's put that aside for just a second because I do want to do a show on that. But we did this TikTok trending video. So there's a song called I'm just a teenage dirt bag. Right. And people were basically playing a vid- the song and putting up pictures of when they were young and, you know, dirt bags, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we all dirt bags and, when we were young? Yeah. So we did it. We kind of danced to the song and then afterwards put up pictures in this little video um, of when we were young and when we met on the real world and Road Bulls All Star and all that crazy stuff we did in the early mid 90s. And oh my goodness, it went viral. Um, we had like what, like one and a half million views. And people were like, what? Some people were like watching it because they remembered us, but other people were like, I knew that show. I didn't realize you were on Fox. And then other people were like, I saw you on Fox. I didn't realize you were on the real world. And so I thought it'd be fun, Sean, for us just to talk about how we met. A lot of people don't remember, don't know. And maybe we could just kind of memorialize it for our own kids. First of all, we we did this video um, for TikTok and (laughs) you said that we were dancing. Dancing is in quotes for me because I cannot dance. Now I try. I'm a a really good sport. You know, I'll I'll puff out the bottom lip or bite the lip and, you know, do the close shoulder dance. You know, this old guy dance, right? That's what I was doing. No, it's a a white boy thing. White boy dancing. That's fine. Wisconsin dance. I have no talent. I can't sing. I can't dance. um, But I've tried (laughs) and it's really embarrassing and bad. But so, so let's talk about how we met because uh, some people were surprised that we, we, we met on reality TV. So we both did shows called The Real World. It was the first reality TV show that really struck it big in America. And what the show was is they take seven strangers from all different walks of life and have them live in a house together. And when people are of different mindsets and viewpoints and cultures and backgrounds and, and you put them in a house and they live together, you get drama, you get conflama. And that was what the show was based on. Very popular in the 90s. You did the season in San Francisco, a very popular, famous season. 
I did a way less popular season in Boston four years after you completed yours. That's right. And then what they decided, because the show had just blown up. I mean, it, it's hard for people to understand now because there's so many different platforms to watch television in different places that young people um, do things on, um, from Snapchat to, you know, to TikTok and um, then all Netflix and all the stuff they have. But back then, there was only one place for young people to go, and that was MTV. And so it was sort of this unifying youth thing, and it was all music videos until the real world came along and really introduced the idea of reality television. And you're right, Sean, it was, you know, a lot of drama. In fact, the directors of the show, uh, one came from the soap opera world and the other came from the documentary world. And so they came together and did this. And, you know, it was so popular. There was, you know, you know, and I know when we did the show, I mean, we couldn't go anywhere and not have young people recognize who we were after. And it was pretty mind blowing and a little bit trippy. I think it kind of tripped me out for a while. Um, It was both good and bad in terms of, you know, just this instant fame that you didn't know really earn because you didn't really do anything but live with people. Right, you lived your yeah, life on totally camera unfair. and you became kind of famous. It's almost like a- uh, But it was kind of fun too. And, uh, and and so it was so famous, Sean, that they decided to do a spinoff and they picked one person from each cast to do a travel adventure show called Road Rules All-Star. And they picked me from my cast and you from your cast. And um, I went to Vermont where um, they flew me to Vermont and they put me on a train. And at every single stop, one roommate came on the next four roommates or, you know, for the road trip came on and you were at the last stop. If you recall, Sean. And so what's, and what's crazy is that the first moment we ever met is actually captured on video. It's on tape, right? So what happens is everyone starts getting off the train and Rachel is the last one. And if you know Rachel, like I do or anyone does, she packs a lot. She overpacks all the time. And for this totally. adventure trip, she overpacked and had this massive bag that was like really heavy. So uh, Eric Neese, who was on the show, he was on the first season, came down. He's like, okay, listen, you got Rachel. And basically I grabbed her bag as she came off the train. We met for the first time. And as I say, I've been carrying her bag ever since. Um, when she That's walked off true. the train that day. But yes, yeah, so we met and we have that meeting on on tape. And then we went on this three-week adventure uh, where Real World did this road rules adventure. We were in on the East Coast. We went over to uh, New Zealand, the Northern Island, and then we came back to the West Coast of the United States. Uh, each of those stops were for a week. And it was um, it was really fun. We got to know each other really well because you know one we're, you know we're living on a on a on a, on a uh, what are we call the Winnie Winnebago we had a Winnebago we traveled in we slept in hotels but also in the Winnebago and we kind of, we, we we hit it off pretty well at the start we became kind of friends um well we 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 along the way Sean we were doing these little we, we had to earn money along the way right and so we had all these different adventures that we had to do do and they were things that I mean there's no way outside of this experience, you and I would, you know, rappel off the tallest building in Auckland, New Zealand, for example, or shear sheep on a New Zealand farm. We sliced or, up the sheep. It was horrible. We can't oh, another shear. They should never have let us do that. Or remember when we went to a, a haunted insane asylum and we had to spend the night and we were with um, Ed and Lorraine. These, Ed and Lorraine, these very famous clairvoyants who, you know, were sort of the inspiration for, what was the name of that movie? The Conjuring, Sean? I believe. 
The Conjuring. Yes, a so, really freaky, based on true life. So we did all these. Oh, wait, got pa- to pa- wait pa- pause there for a second, because what, what, what? I'm, I'm going to go forward in time for a second. So, when you do okay. reality TV and you, you're 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 that age and you do it. You never think that your kids are going to watch it later in life. And so our older kids started watching these seasons where we met. Oh, it's horrible. It's just horrible. Oftentimes the kids will quote things that Rachel said on the real world back to her. And she's like, oh, shut up and stop watching old seasons of me in the real world. (laughs) But when they watch this, this Ed and Lorraine season... Um, for, you know the, the the clairvoyance, which the Conjuring was made about, which I never saw the movie, but the kids saw the movie, the Conjuring. They're like, and "Oh my it. God, you met Ed and Lorraine!" And we're like, uh, "I think that was their names." Yeah, we did meet them, and they couldn't believe that we actually met the real Ed and Lorraine that the, the, that the movie was based oh, on. Yeah. I think I think Sean, hands down, that was like the coolest thing for them about us being on the show. Like they they love that movie. They think it's so freaky, and yeah, I mean, I, I believe at least one of them has passed away. And so like that we got to meet them and I mean, we didn't just flippantly do something with them. I mean, we went to their house. We were, they gave us a whole lecture on what we were to expect um, meeting spirits. And we went to this haunted insane asylum. They prepared us for this. And then we stayed there. And of course I saw ghosts. Sean did not. We, 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 he we, doesn't we, believe I did, but I did. And, I saw we ghosts. Made a, we made a joke of it. And one of the guys on the trip was like, I want the spirits in me. And Lorraine was like, oh, honey, oh, no, no, you no, you don't. Don't ask the spirits to come in here, you stupid. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was freaky. It but, was very freaky. Then, so anyway, we did all these adventures and we, we got to know each other really well because we weren't just traveling. We were having to work together on these different um, things that we had to do. And they were really remarkable things that we we got to do and we uh, i was dating someone actually when i was doing the show i was mm-hmm. dating this guy mm-hmm. this british guy mm-hmm. and then um i met sean and i i wasn't sure i wanted to be with sean i thought he was really nice and fun but it definitely made me realize i didn't want to be with the other guy and so we did kiss and make out on that first you know on this on this adventure but then i think Sean, if you're really honest, you were more into the relationship than I was at the end of the three weeks. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Since the 1970s, working class Americans and U.S. investors who saved wealth in dollars have seen the dollar lose over 80 percent of its purchasing power. In contrast, investors who diversified their cash into gold saw gold appreciate over 5000 percent. For Americans who invested $50,000 in gold when America left the gold standard in the 70s, their gold is worth more than $2.5 million today. While gold carries no guarantees and past performance does not equal future results, investors who do their own research will see that gold's performance over this time span is what gold has consistently done in the face of eroding paper currencies. For over 15 years, St. Joseph Partners has built its business with a singular focus on helping investors diversify their wealth and protect their families in physical gold and silver you hold in your hand. Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. Well, so here's what happened. Um, so <laughs> I, we, 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 I was interested in Rachel um, and I had to take off. So I was in law school. So I took off a semester from law school to do the real world. And then they said, hey, do you want to do this travel adventure? 
And I'm like, sure, let me ask the dean if I can get a second semester off of law school, which I did. I got a second semester. Well, this show was done like the first the first of October. And so the next semester didn't start until the middle of January. So I had like three months um, to, to burn. And so I know I'm like, I know these people all out in L.A. Why don't I go to L.A. for a couple months, to which I did. And to hang I, out with all the ex real world. Yeah. Right? And some of the some of the producers on the show and whatnot. And so I'm like, and I'll hang out with Rachel, too. And once I got there, Rachel, oh, sure. Rachel had you're, no interest. You sound so casual. <laughs> Rachel had no interest in hanging out with me. It was it became quite obvious, and so you know, it, with my Midwestern <laughs> pride, the way it is, I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, a little bit hurt because I thought we could hang out and have fun together, and you know, get to know each other more, maybe date. But she was living in Beverly Hills and a fabulous place and, and, and living her at that point, best life. Cause now is her best life. But at that point it was her best life <laughs> to that point. And she didn't have uh, an interest in a Midwestern guy who had big cheesy glasses and a probably a bad haircut with a, with a leather kind of cowboy hat. Um, and so I, again, but you had a great body, Sean, you were a three time world champion uh, lumberjack. So that was definitely in your favor. Um, but yeah, you're right. I was sort of like, not sure. I was just, I just graduated from, from graduate school, um, at university of California, San Diego. I was moving to LA. You were really nice, but I wasn't sure like that. I really wanted to be in a relationship with you and I was just moving to LA. And so I thought, you know what? I just want to do my thing. And I was a little bit annoyed. Like, why did he move to LA all of a sudden when he knew I was moving to LA and I was like, what's going on? I definitely don't want to give him the wrong impression. So that kind of didn't end very well. Sean's feelings were really hurt that I wanted to date other people. So I was, so to be fair, I was interested in her. She was uninterested in me to be fair. So it was like, again, I was unprideful. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll hang out with, I think it was Vince from road rules. I stayed at his place I saw other, you know, saw like other friends that we had out there, but Rachel and I did not have a lot of contact because she was not very nice, just to be clear. She was interested <laughs> in finding someone other than uh, her soulmate sure at I that want. time, which is so, fine. So then, so then Sean, so then Sean goes back to uh, Minnesota where he goes to law school around the holiday time and he goes and he starts school. And then lo and behold, this weird thing happened. So like when you're on the real world, there were these speaking agencies that would hire real real world kids to come like several at a time to some university somewhere in the country. And what they would do is they would bring us in at the beginning of semesters and have us. Okay, remember, like you're running. Why would they do that? Well, the kids in college all watched our show. So everyone knew who we were. So we were actually, believe it or not, kind of famous on college campuses. So they would bring us to college campuses during orientation week. And we would give these speeches about, you know, you know, what's it like to live with other people and conflict resolution. And we sort of wrapped it up in this, you know, we wrapped our 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 visits up in something potentially useful to kids who are now going to be living in dorms because we obviously had the experience of moving in with people that we didn't know and that weren't very similar to us. And so I would make money going around and doing that, you know, maybe two or three times a month. And lo and behold, I got an assignment, uh, a, a speaking gig in Milwaukee. And I thought, well, isn't that kind of close to where, where Sean lives? And I was worried because, you know, Sean left kind of PO'd that I wasn't that into him. And 
but I knew I was going to run into Sean at reunions because the real world always had reunions and we all wanted to make a little extra cash. And every time we went to reunion, we'd make a little bit of cash. So I knew I was going to see him. And I thought, you know what? I, I just want to be on good terms with him because we're going to see each other. And frankly, he's a really nice guy. I just want us to be good friends. Friends. I was, in the, so fr- I, I, I was in the friend zone. So we make sure we were securely in the friend zone. <laughs> And so back then, uh, Northwest was an airline before they merged with Delta, and they were based out of Minneapolis. And so Rachel's flight from L.A. to uh, to Milwaukee was on Northwest, and it stopped over in Minneapolis. And so she finished her speech, and she's like, hey, I'm coming through Minneapolis. Why don't we get together and, you know, go have a cup of coffee or go have some breakfast? To which, right. you know, I was not that hurt by her poor performance when I was out in L.A. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll come and get you. In my Ford Contour white, awesome car, um, I was always very practical. <laughs> I picked her up at the airport, and I, we, I, the, William Mitchell Law School was by the governor's residence, and there was this famous little diner, a, a greasy spoon called the Uptowner. And so uh, I went and picked her up, and I'm like, let's just go have breakfast at the Uptowner. Um, and we went there and sat down and ordered breakfast and had coffee. And just started catching up and chatting. And then what happened That's next, right. Rachel? Well, so again, I was just trying to repair this relationship so we could be friends. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be awkward when we saw each other at a real world reunion. Right. And he picks me up, takes me to the uptowner, which if you've ever been, it's like, you know, like a hole in the wall. Um, we ordered a greasy breakfast as this greasy spoon um, would deliver and we ended up staying for like I don't know it was like three hours it was insane like it felt like the time just flew by and we were talking and laughing and having a good time and somewhere in that conversation it occurred to me in my head I'm like wow I mean this is basically what lovers do like they can go to a place as dingy as this and have a great time and have fun and enjoy each other's company for three hours. And it feels like five minutes. And so at towards the end of the three hours, I looked up from my empty plate and I looked at Sean and I said, I think I'm going to marry you. And of course, what did you think, Sean? No, you actually said, I love you. And I'm going to oh, marry yeah, you. I did. I did. You're right. You're I'm right. I did. You. I said, I love you and I'm going to marry you. <laughs> now, I, I was interested in pursuing, a, let's see where this relationship could go when I went out to LA. Like, I was not in the marrying <laughs> mood. And all of a sudden, someone who had no interest in me all of a sudden has breakfast with me, which by the way, I'm, I'm pretty compelling. I'm a compelling guy. And <laughs> all of a sudden, she's like, I, I, I'm going to marry you. And I'm like, no. Okay, yeah, what's your when's your cool. when's your departure? When's your flight leaving? No, I was listen, I was I was taken back. I kind of said I think that's really weird. Um Yeah, you did. I think I could tell that you thought I was cuckoo. Yeah, a little cuckoo. Or we might say that Rachel had some deep seated affection for me that just wasn't allowed to come out at that point. You know, when I was <laughs> no, in LA, she was no. like, No, he's He's really wonderful. She saw me sing at Michael Jackson's studio, which I I was amazing. It was one of our adventures. Yeah. And she so heard me sing and like was like I was I was pretty bad. You know, singer. you know what it was, Sean? You know, people who know my story know that I was in a very horrific car accident when I was in my I don't know, I was like 23 or 24 years a old. A couple years after the real world that happened, yeah. Yeah, and I was in a very serious relationship and and this horrific car accident which somebody hit hit our us head on killed everybody in my car including my boyfriend at that time. And so I think I I even though I was like, oh, I'm in LA and I'm having fun, you know, kind of when we first met right shortly after we did our show. Um, I think it was in that moment that we were at 
I think it also matured me in a way, I think is, I guess what I'm trying to say, Sean, I think it matured me in a way that I didn't even realize until we were sort of in that moment at that diner. And I realized, you know, I, I didn't want to let you go that you were a good person um, that I had had, you know, I had had love at one point and lost it. And it was some, something in that moment matured me enough to go, you know what, I, I, I think I love this guy. And, you know, it wasn't like I just met you. We had traveled together and gotten to know each other over the, you know, the course of, I don't know, four or five months. Um, you know, I don't believe in long engagements anyway. And so I told you I loved you and we dated and we've actually been together ever since. We have. And so I was in, I was in law school in Minneapolis or in St. Paul and you were back in LA. Um, and so we dated long distance and what was the app? What, what was the app called? Uh, price, Priceline, price where you can name your price for an airline ticket and see if an airline took it. So we are was, so aging ourselves. I we know. actually had dial up internet too. And we didn't yeah, have cell phones. By we the didn't way. have cell phones. And so what we did, what I did is I would, it seemed like every couple of weeks, every two or three weeks, we were able to see each other, but we made an effort to, um, you come out to St. Paul or I would go out to LA and, uh, we made a serious effort to make that happen. And, um, just a side story, like after this, I love you, you know, breakfast, uh, I went out to see Rachel. And so at that point she's like, I'm committed. I'm, this is, this is real. And so I'm going to help you out. You don't look very good. So she, I'm going to give you a makeover, which I'm like, uh, that's fine. I, whatever. Um, I mean, we, uh, got, we got you new glasses, remember? So we got new glasses, which looked way better than my old ones. But then she said, you need a new haircut. And no, so she pulled up, she pulled up to this random, looked like a nice salon. We go in. It was in Venice Beach. And, it was in Venice Beach. I didn't, I don't even know what that is, but we, okay, well, I'm going to go to Venice Beach. Mm-hmm. And, um, she sits me down in the chair and the stylist comes up and he's, she tells him what she wants. But the guy was like high on, um, no, cocaine. No, I, I think he or, was on coke. On he cocaine. was on cocaine. He was definitely, he kept like, like sniffing his nose. He looked really agitated. And I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And then he didn't do anything that I told him to do with your hair. He basically shaved Sean's So in essence, ball. I shaved my head. That was a style that she, new glasses and a shaved <laughs> head is story. what I got from Rachel. That is such an LA story. I can't even I'm tell I'm like, you. this is, what do you, what do you, he was do you, so mad at me. Do you love me or hate me? You sh- you, I got my head shaved. That was um, terrible. You were so mad. Do you remember how mad you were when I was you walked very, out of the salon? I was, I was very angry, but you know, we did, we dated for, uh, you know, a little, about a year <laughs> and a half. Crazy. And, um, you know, we, I we, went to India. Do you remember? I went to India over the summer, I think. Yep. And then, and you then came. we stayed in touch and then you flew me out because Sean was putting his way through law school by doing lumberjack exhibitions. And he had, when I returned from India um, for my summer trip to India with my girlfriend, Sean was at the uh, Calgary Stampede in, in uh, the greatest in outdoor show on earth, the Calgary Stampede. And so I flew Rachel up for the Calgary Stampede. Um, we threw some cowboy from hats India. on from India, from India. right to Calgary. Yeah. And we had probably five days there. had a lot of fun. Um, I think we were line dancing and trying to two-step, which, again, I'm not a good dancer. Um, so Rachel didn't know how to two-step either. Oh, but That was such a fun time. That was awesome. We had a, we had a ball. But, listen, we, we, we fell in love and were able to make our relationship work. And I think a lot of people do that today on these dating apps. We had a built-in dating app, which was um, the real yeah, world and road so, rules. And you're right. And MTV worked. was like a dating app. That's such a good analogy. I, I'm, by the way, I am totally for dating apps. I, I think there are more marriages, Sean, through dating apps now than through regular, like normal ways of meeting people at a bar or through your job or whatever. Like, 
I am totally for it. And when I meet young people and they say, oh, should I be on a, how do I meet someone? Should I be on a dating app? I'm like, I'm like, no shame in that. Get on the dating app, but use one that, you know, actually tries to find a good match. And I believe, as you know, Sean, I believe that opposites do not attract, that you should actually try to find somebody who has the most in common with you. Well, listen, we like to have coffee together. We, I mean, we, I just, beyond, I don't like old movies or foreign films. Beyond that, we kind of are just to- totally um, on the same page on most everything and enjoy doing so many things together. We're very similar uh, in a lot of yeah, ways. And I think that Catholic, is. We're both Catholic. We're both come from big family oriented families. We, we like chick um, flicks. You more than me. Let's we don't, be honest. So we, let me, let me can tell I you. tell everybody? Can I tell everybody what your favorite movie is? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? Oh, you know what your favorite movie is. It's Dirty Dancing. <laughs> you know. It Listen, is. I got. A, I have a lot of favorites, but Dirty Dancing was a classic. It was a classic. I know, 1980s. but it's just not what people would imagine would be. Your no, listen, I, no. I mean, come on. Listen, I like. <laughs> I like Braveheart, you know, I, there's a lot of the Gladiator. Let's just say, let's just say Sean likes Julia I like Roberts Wedding Crashers. Um, listen, yeah, I like oh, a, I there's a lot of, there's a lot of guy movies I like, but I like, listen, I like a lot of chick flicks, which makes me a very easy date. Um, you are easy that way. But you can, can I make way. one less? So we ended up in Wisconsin and so Rachel was up for The View. And well, wait a minute. We dated for a year and a half before we got married. Yep, a year and a half. And so she's up for the view. We're going to get married from the day we met. From the day we met, we got married a year and a half later. And so, so literally a year after, yeah. So it's down but, to it's down to three finalists, uh, or two finalists, or three finalists, and we kind of make a deal. And I say, okay, if if you get the view with Barbara Walters at the time, I'll move with you to New York. But if you don't get the view, you have to move back to Wisconsin actually, with me to the small town right, Hayward, Wisconsin. What that's was that's not what happened? I actually made the deal. I said, "Hey, Sean, I'm up for the job on the View because we knew we were going to get married." And I said, "If I get the view, you move to New York. But if I don't get the view, I'll move to your little town of Hayward, Wisconsin." Now, when I made that deal, I thought I was going to win. The, I thought I was going to get the job on, on. I was like, sort of like the favorite to get the job on. The view it was between me and Lisa Ling. Actually, it was way, way, way back then in like ninety, what ninety eight, yeah, ninety eight, like ninety nine, no ninety nine, yeah, ninety nine, yeah, ninety nine, yeah. And so it was between her and I, and I thought I was gonna get it. And then Barbara Walters called me to tell me I didn't get it, which I was in shock. And I kept my promise, and I moved to Hayward, Wisconsin, population two thousand, home of the. Muskie. The world record muskie yeah. and the big fish, the big muskie. Yeah, the big fish museum. A half a city block long and two stories high. National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, home of the Berkey, the Lumberjack World Championships, and a lot of gr- great inland lakes and the Duffy family. So Rachel moves. Um, I get a job as a prosecutor in Ashland. We moved to Ashland. We're there for 10 years. We run for Congress. And we then go to Wausau, Wisconsin for, what, eight years, nine years and then, you know, the rest is history. But um, I think it's I think it's interesting that we're the first reality TV couple that got married and our daughter, Evita. Yeah. In America, in, in America, America, that we are the we're the first, sure. the longest married and the most fertile. We are the most fertile. And Evita is the first reality TV daughter. So those are our claims to fame. And that's how we met uh, on reality TV. And it's kind of an odd story, but. Uh, we love our story of, of how we met. And again, if it wasn't for reality TV, 
um, a, a network that doesn't probably fit our political values and a show that probably doesn't fit our values today, but we were part of it as you know young people. We're both grateful for because it brought us together, and we never would have met but for this show. I mean, you're a you know a Hispanic, Arizonan, and I'm some lumberjack from northern Wisconsin. Our paths would have never crossed but for that show, and uh, we found love and family oh, and so a true. life together, which has you know been fantastic. And you always say um, to women, uh, you give them advice on relationships, and as we're about to go, tell tell us what your advice is to women in relationships and careers and families. So first of all, so anybody who says that you can't find true love on a reality TV show, that's a lie. That's a lie. You can. That's a that's a lie. You can. I believe that you can find true love on a reality show, and I believe you can find true love on a dating app. And I believe in true love. And I think my advice to young women, um, because there's a lot of pressure on young women these days to, you know, get a career and get it established before you get married and have kids and so forth. And, you know, that's sort of the advice given to women from people like Sheryl Sandberg, you know, she she always says, she's the one who wrote the famous book, lean in and says, you should lean into your career. You should put, she told girls, they should put their foot on the gas pedal of their career and don't let go, keep going, keep going, keep going. And that's not at all the advice I would give. Now that may work for some people, but my advice is very, um, well, let's just say it's not the feminist advice. I say if you meet a guy um, and he is handsome and you're attracted to him and he's wonderful and he's nice and he's kind and he's strong and he'll protect you, then I say whatever you're doing, the most important thing you could do is snatch up that guy, marry him, and all the other stuff will work itself out. And that's kind of the theory I had. And I would say it worked out exactly that way for me. I knew that if by marrying someone really great, that the most important thing in my life, my love life and my family would be right. And that all the other things that are secondary, um, you know, professional pursuits, et cetera, um, would work themselves out because a good man would, would, would allow for that to happen and help me in that, in those pursuits. And that's what happened. And we've kind of helped each other. I helped you when you wanted to run for Congress and you were wonderful enough when I got the job at Fox, uh, the weekend job, you said, all right, we're leaving Wisconsin. I know you love Wisconsin and it was hard for you to leave, but you did it. We'll have more of this conversation after this. Spent my whole life there. And I think what's, what's interesting, you know, too, is you did, you, I mean, you had this budding career. You're just on, on ABC's The View. You almost got it. You could have, you know, stayed in LA and stayed in New York and tried to, you know, pursue this career, but you, you followed love and you actually helped me with my career. And at that time, as the internet's coming online, um, you're able to do some things. You can, you're able to write in, um, articles, you're able to do a book, you're able to do some work from, rural Wisconsin, but you're able to keep yourself alive and, and advance your family. And then you had this amazing, you know, kind of midlife, um, transition to go, I can start to, to, to work at Fox. I can, you know, I, I can build a a career. It's not too late. And I would argue you've kind of had the best of both worlds. You've been able to, again, have a family, have a husband, and then also, you know, have a career that you love, um, and a platform that you thoroughly enjoy, which is pretty cool. And again, I had you said, no, I want the career first. You might not have got the second part, the, the, the love and the family, but you got the love and the family and then you worked on the career as well. And you kind of got it all. And I think that's, that's a, that's a powerful message. I think what makes 
uh, life fulfilling, what makes a country great, are people who pursue love and family, um, and their careers fall in line. And I think at two, you know, I, when you you supported me as I was again a DA and I ran for Congress. Then the flip side, I left Congress and I've been supportive of you as as you pursued your 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 career in TV, and it's kind of worked out really well for both of us um, and for our family. So. Um, yeah, it, you know, it, it, no, it, it really has. But I can tell you that if I had to lose one thing, right, if I had to lose the, the, a family, a happy, have, you know, a family, kids, a, a happy marriage or my career, I'd lose my career in an instant. Um, it just so I just think it's about prioritizing. And for me personally, I I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's because. I face mortality at such a young age with that car, you know, very traumatic car accident. But I feel like I, through the grace of God and through those experiences, um, at a very young age was able to prioritize, um, what, what was most important. And, and maybe I made those, some of those choices unconsciously and they've just turned out to be the right priority. Um, but I wouldn't change anything for a minute. And like I said, if I, you know, my career, um, and as much as I love Fox and by the way, Fox is like the greatest company to work for as a mom, like there has been unlimited support for me, like beyond my wildest dreams that I don't know of any other network that would take a mom with nine kids. They probably would think I was, you know, not well at some other network because I have nine kids. <laughs> I do remember, do you remember how Barbara Walters would react every time I would, I mean, I'd come back and do the show. I've probably done the view 25 times. Every time I would go back while Barbara was there, I mean, I'd have another kid and she would look at me like, like I was insane. Like I was absolutely insane. That said, I love Fox, but Fox is not going to hold my hand. Um, you know, at the end of my life, um, when I'm in my deathbed and, um, my career is not going to love me. Um, my kids are, you are, my grandkids are. And so I just think that, I think it's about really prioritizing and investing in the things that last and careers are wonderful. And I love the impact that you and I, you know, can have commenting on politics and certainly things are not going well in our country, Sean. And I, I, I think it's, like for somebody who's feisty like me to have a platform to vent on like Fox has been probably saved me from going to the insane asylum. So I love that part about my life, but it is not, it is not what's going to fulfill me in the end. I know that. And, and can just, I think when you talk about the, the, the Fox component, I, I, you've had a couple of kids while you were a contributor at Fox and the, the, the fact that they were like, okay, you're going to get some clothes. Let's try to get you some pregnancy clothes or maternity clothes and take oh, right. time like off after la- you have a baby. You're talking and about the last time that I got. So I've been had wonderful the, to, to, to yeah, you like, as yeah, you've gone through pregnancy. I'll go to my boss. I'll go to my, what you're, what, I just want to explain what you're talking about that when I would go to my bosses and say, Hey, I just want to let you know I'm pregnant. No one ever said anything negative. They were always excited. And the first thing out of the executive's mouth was, Okay, so I guess we got to get you pregnancy wardrobe now. Like it not not a problem. Like that's such a blessing as a mom, Sean. And and as wonderful as that is, and it is it is wonderful to have a, a, a network like this that's so supportive of of families and moms and motherhood. Um, and you can build a family at a place like this. It, it again, you can't you can't exclude your personal life for a, a a career. And I think you can have it all. You can you can try to get it all. 
Um, but if you put a priority on career over over love and relationships, I think you you wake up a little bit older in life and you're like, I, I think I'm missing something. There's something missing in your heart and your soul because as humans, we're, we're meant to find love and, and a partner and we're meant to have families. Um, and it's, it's a good thing. It's a positive thing. And again, I think a lot of people are making decisions about the careers and money as opposed to love and family. And uh, again, I think there, there's a lie that's been told that you can't have them both. And I think you really can. It takes some focus. It takes have, some attention. But you can do it. Not at the same time. Not, not at the same time. Like, you may not be able to have it all at the same time. I mean, I was an at-home mom for 14 years. Um, and, Sean, you've had to take a backseat. I mean, you'd, you'd be on your way to be the governor of Wisconsin right now if you had could have it all, right? I mean, you decided then to help me in my opportunity after I helped you in yours. And so, I mean, there's, there is sacrifice and it's not like you can have it all. You just can't have it all at once. And there's going to be setbacks and there's going to be drawbacks. But I also think, Sean, there's a lot of ideology that plays into it. There is a feminist agenda. There is an anti-natal mindset um, in America. Um, And we see it. You and I've done shows on the birth rates that are just plummeting in America right now and and among young people and there has been an attack on the family and there's been a dissolution of so many families and then there's been just a lot less family formation because of so many reasons but part of it is feminism that is I think as you said lied to women and told them that their careers would be you know, more fulfilling than having a family and also, and being married and also that there was some sort of obligation that we had as women to this, you know, sisterhood, um, which is a bunch of bullshit as well. Um, you have an obligation to yourself, to your family, um, and, and to your spiritual fulfillment. And I just don't think that a career is, is going to do that for men or women, Sean. I mean, you know, lots of men who, at the end of their life, have they regret that they were too career focused? Yeah, um, and I, I, I look at this too, and I'm like, you know, th- there's um, there's an idea that by 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 getting married again, you lose all these opportunities. And in, in our marriage, I never felt that you would ever put your career over me and our family, and I don't think you felt that I'd ever put my career over you and the family. And so we've made choices, sacrificing careers and opportunities. Um, for our family and, and, and things have come back around and we've stayed active and they will continue to come back around. But, but um, I never felt threatened by your career that you would leave me um, for your career or I would leave you for my career. And sometimes <laughs> Where would I I'd go have... with my kids, Sean? Who would take me? <laughs> <laughs> um, can I tell you what this, I, listen, we, we, just, we were like, what do we want to do this podcast on? We were talking before we did it and there's a number of topics of, of politics that are happening and we were like, Let's talk about how we met. We'll do, we'll do like a 15-minute podcast, and I think we're like 45 minutes into this podcast on, know, on love and marriage and how we met. Um, well, we, we don't have much to say about how we met. It's going to be 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. So this is what our kids, we, we like sit down and have a cup of coffee, and like like an hour and a half later, two hours later, we're like, oh my gosh, we got to get our day going because we've sat here for hey, two hours and chatted. It's just like when we went to the Uptowner, honey. It is just like the Uptowner. We just keep talking. And so I want to th- <laughs> I want to thank you all for joining us and hearing our love story that that, that love can work at the Uptowner and off reality TV. Um, and you can be embarrassed by the things you put on social uh, social media or on reality TV. But just know that your kids will watch them one day 
and kind of think about that <laughs> and what you say and what you do because the stuff never goes away. They're going to see it. Don't embarrass yourself. And I've got some embarrassing stuff. So do you. And your kids will question you and ask you about it. Um, so think about that when you put something on <laughs> TikTok or Instagram. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, our, if, if you haven't seen the Instagram video, you can go to it. Or I'm sorry, the TikTok video. Um, it has gone viral and it's called, um, well, what is our TikTok handle, Sean? We just got that. <laughs> I don't, I, we just, Sean and Rachel Duffy, I don't know, check it out. I don't know what our TikTok handle oh, <laughs> handle is. God, but we also, have a couple videos on we, there. We've got, we've got some great Instagram. Uh, we've been up at the cabin um, and we've got some great Instagram of, of kids surfing behind the boat and, and tubing and tubing. whatnot. Just kind of our, our summer enjoying family. Rachel took last weekend off Fox and Friends. And so we have these little moments that we carve away for ourselves. That was last week's podcast on enjoying the last moments of summer and we're totally doing that we're we're trying to make sure we suck okay. every, it's like a, it's like every a ounce of summer squeezing the last drop out of the summer because we're, we hate when summer goes we love the summer so much we love summer so listen thanks for joining us on our podcast if you like us you can rate review subscribe to our podcast um, and again we enjoy sitting around our kitchen table and, and, and sharing our conversation with all of you as we chat about the important things in life like love and marriage. It's been great joining you, Rachel. That's right. All right. You guys have a good one. I love you, Sean. Thanks for joining us. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.